Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to some brand new Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, we have a dear friend and very talented performer, Mary Holland, as our guest. And she and I will talk about our experience working on Happiest Season together. Uh, spoilers, she did a lot more work than I did. <laughs> We'll also talk about what it's like to be an introverted person in an extroverted career. All today on Hi Jinx. So get ready to hunker down and sink your teeth into some new Hi Jinx. Forever. Dog. everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by actress, comedian, and writer Mary Holland. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jinx. Mary, I'd like to begin our conversation today um, with a story, a memory. Mm. Oh, okay, I love it. <laughs> and just, and then we'll launch from there. Okay, but great. It's one of my, it's um, one of those embarrassing stories that actually has a very lovely um, twist to it. <laughs> <laughs> So we first met at mutual friend Clea Duvall's um, wedding party. Yes. Uh, celebrating the marriage to her wife, Mia. That's yeah. where we first met. And then basically the next time I saw you was on the set of Happiest Season. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> and the way my schedule worked out, I had the day off after my shoot day. And my shoot day was the final shoot day of the whole movie. that yes that was it was the rap day yeah that was the end of it <laughs> so i realized if i wanted to i could stay for the rap party and so i moved my flight stayed an extra day and went to the rap party and it was only at the moment that i arrived at the rap party that i realized oh my god i've only worked on this film for one day and now i'm at a rap party just wall-to-wall people i don't actually know <laughs> I immediately yes. felt out of place. Oh, I immediately gosh. felt like I crashed a rap party. And I um, had <laughs> only recently quit drinking. So I okay. was just kind of drinking yeah. Sprite and feeling super awkward. And That's a very vulnerable position to be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here's the charming part of the story. At one moment, I was just kind of sitting, talking to no one, feeling like I, feeling like I was glowing red. And then you you kind of parted parted the sea and came to me and struck up a conversation with me, being one of the only people I knew there. Oh gosh. <laughs> and you yes. were so kind and made sure I felt like chill to be hanging out with everyone and we caught up and it was just a really lovely moment. It, it, yeah. it made the whole awkward experience worth it. That and the fact that then shortly after that I went out um to wait for my Uber. And I let Kristen Stewart take a hit off my vape pen. Oh, I mean, mean, it was a (laughs) top-notch night, it sounds like to me. (laughs) That's my little story. I Um, love that. Mary Holland, you are amazing. Oh, jeez, you are. (laughs) Tell us how, like, let's just start off. You're in every TV show. Um, You wrote... (laughs) And co- uh, co-starred in the movie Happiest Season. Um, you wrote it with Clea Duvall. You're, are you co-creator, co-writer, co-anything else? <laughs> co, um, co-friend. Um, I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that sounds right. I feel like you, you <laughs> nailed it. Um, yeah, the the experience of Happiest Season was uh, from beginning to from like the first part of when Clea and I first met and she told me this idea that she's had for for so long, this uh, rom-com, Christmas rom-com that she wanted to make. And 
um, actually, I saw her last night and we were having dinner close to the the coffee house that we first like met at. And we it mm-hmm. went so and she really took a <laughs> she really took a chance on me because we we <laughs> didn't know each other at all. We had just seen each other in passing um at at some table reads. And mm-hmm. you as you know, Clea is a very funny, mm-hmm. very lovely person. And right away I I was drawn to her and and I, I, you know, thank God she felt similarly because I would have just been chasing her down. Um, but yeah, it was it was such a wonderful experience, and to get to see it come to fruition, and uh, for you and Ben Della Creme to be there, and on that night, it was just such a special way to to like end that chapter, the shooting of the yeah. movie. It was so beautiful, and you in, you guys were in a so drag funny. Bar. In um, where were we? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> in an actual drag bar, but it was shut down, and we were just pretending it was a drag bar. That <laughs> the layers, the layers to it. Oh my gosh! Very meta. Very meta. Um, <laughs> and I'm not joking. Um, I I had a habit for a while of texting you out of the blue every new time I saw you on a TV show because you've done cameos in countless TV shows. I actually have a list here. Oh, I should, you do. I should refer to my notes. Let's see. Adding to your acting resume, you have been in Silicon Valley, Parks and Rec, Veep, The Mindy Project, The Good Place, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, and so many more. I guess it wasn't that long a list <laughs> that I had prepared here. And so many more. It's all encompassing. So many. <laughs> but yeah, I... um. I recently, well, not recently. Uh, do you love how time has just become completely irrelevant? It means and nothing. <laughs> it may, look, Matthew McConaughey was right. It's a flat circle. <laughs> and we're all just sitting on it. <laughs> um, I I binged Veep at some point. Oh, I had great. already seen it, but I re-binged it at some point. And what's funny is half the times I see you on my TV screen, it's in something I have already watched, but now I'm rewatching it post meeting you. Um, And now I can recognize you at the drop of a hat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, where's Waldo? I've gotten really good at spotting Mary Holland in TV shows. (laughs) Your character in Veep is very aggressive. She is a dom alpha female. Yeah. Um, What was the experience of Veep like? Um, Because... If anyone's seen it, it seems like a very intense show to be a part of, but it also seems like what a fucking blast to just get to swear all day for work. <laughs> uh, that and that's exactly what it is. It is it <laughs> the experience of of stepping into that world with that group of people. I I had been friends with Tim Simons and Sam Richardson um prior, so that that it was very nice to like be coming into a group of people that I'm like, oh yeah, I know, I know these people, and especially with Tim, like having all my scenes with him, we we're it was very comfortable um, mm-hmm. playing with him. But that the I, I was blown away by uh, every level of talent on that show, like like the the writers, the actors, the the crew, everybody was incredible, and there was such um, a fastidious dedication to getting like making every single moment the funniest possible <laughs> moment it could be i was really inspired by that and and uh so struck by it like there were, i remember there was a scene we were shooting that for whatever reason that it wasn't it wasn't uh, the the jokes weren't landing in the way that i think they wanted them to and we we paused every we like stopped shooting the writers huddled together and like it it was it was just so incredible to see everybody so dedicated to like nobody's phoning it in on that show. And I think you could tell because the quality is, is superb. Like that was the greatest, one of the greatest television shows I feel like ever made comedy or drama. It's just outstanding. Absolutely. Cause there's no wasted time. Yeah. The scenes are actually super short. Like I feel like we're cutting from scene to scene very quickly throughout that show. Yeah. But there's no wasted air. There's no wasted time. Um, 
every line has a punch to it. Every yes. conversation progresses the plot in some unforeseen, remarkable way. And surprising. <laughs> like the, the jokes, yeah. the and you would think like after seven years of like writing these characters, the, you'd be like, oh, how how many more creative insults can they come up with? And the answer <laughs> is they can they can do this forever. Like it is it's and also uh, another part of that process that I love so much. It is such a well-oiled machine. They had like three cameras set up. It was like the the pacing that you experience watching the show is very similar to the pacing of of shooting it. But what I the showrunner Dave Mandel would always uh it, it, like built into the shooting schedule uh, with the directors and everything was always a, a fun run. So it would always be like we would shoot the scripted scene, we'd shoot that a couple times, get that done, mm-hmm. and then when it's ready to move on, they would let let us do a fun run, and we would just get to fully lose <laughs> our minds and play and improvise, and um, and that was that's just such a, a treat as an actor to get to do because you're like you're living in this point of view. And to get to explore it with the script is so great. And then without the script, it just, it gets you into that character even more. Like, especially with someone like Shawnee and how, how, (laughs) how the disdain she had for Jonah. (laughs) It was just really fun to play in that space. I can imagine. I mean, I love improv, but I've always wanted more chances to improv like not just in full costume, yeah. Not with just another good improver, but like in the set and in the like fully fictional world, right? Um, of those characters, because you know, improving in your neutral blacks with like two acting blocks and a and a stool only gets your rocks off so much. <laughs> only so much. Yes, I know. It's yeah to th- to be in costume as your character and you've got like you're in this beautifully built set like you're 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 fully in a world and then yeah to play in that is yeah it's it's the best. Yeah. For sure. A bit like a Ren Ren Fair, huh? And say no more. (laughs) Say no more. I've told this story so many times on so many podcasts, but my very first job was I, I, because I love an atmosphere. I love an Uh atmosphere. And particularly, I love the atmosphere at medieval times and um, (laughs) uh, the dinner and tournament. And um, I... (laughs) I I worked at I was a photography wench. Um, that was my first job. I worked in the photo department at um, <laughs> at Medieval Times, and I I I truly I made six dollars an hour um, plus commission, but I never made commission because I was terrible at selling the the pictures we would take of of the customers. But um, I just loved being in an outfit. And being mm-hmm. in a world and like hearing this music and watching these nights joust. And I, I just, oh, I just love it so much. Just full immersion, you yeah. know, full immersion. I, I'm I'm quite jealous. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of, uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a far less of a breadth of experiences as you, but I'm trying to think if I've ever gotten to like, improv in a full like set before well what about your holiday special i mean that that if you think anything is improvised (laughs) when you're working with benda la creme (laughs) um i actually was gonna you know just kind of it was very funny and serendipitous that you and clea created a holiday movie and because of the pandemic it wasn't our plan mine and dayla's to create a holiday oh really We had been in talks with Clea about our roles in the movie, you know, since the holiday before, (laughs) since the winter before. And then, you know, we were going to just be doing our normal Christmas tour. Um, But I don't know if you know, but a pandemic broke out and kind of put the kibosh on that. Yeah. So we ended up making the movie at the last minute and... um, you know, both things kind of came out in tandem and it really yeah. allowed Dela and I to claim 
um, the winter holiday season as our own. And, and it is. And it is yours, quite frankly. <laughs> Your special is so funny and so beautiful. It's just like it is eye candy <laughs> and brain candy and heart candy. I love it so much. Um, we're going to put that quote on the Blu-ray, the limited mm. Blu-ray <laughs> edition. <laughs> I've been talking about this a lot recently, but I think there is some special magic when the creators are, when it's like the writers, the creators, the directors, the producers, they all Mm -hmm. keep it within the family. Um, Clea directed Happiest Season as well as um, co-writing it with you. You played my favorite character in the whole film, (laughs) Um, a very lovable and endearing character. albeit neurotic sister. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I I um, just remember your monologue towards the end. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone since we're getting close to winter it, time it again. It is almost the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have a monologue at the end where you kind of just like call everyone out for treating you crazy the whole film. And right. It really struck a chord with me oh. as the one who gets labeled as crazy quite often but <laughs> same same I uh, I'm that means a lot that it did strike a chord with you and uh, you know that moment for Jane is uh when we were shooting that I mean a boy like the the moment we started shooting it, the movie in general I was like counting down the days to when that scene would be happening because I was mm-hmm. like I really gotta I really gotta get there you know and uh <laughs> and it that moment uh, I, I don't think I realized how much uh, that was tied to a lot of my personal trauma mm-hmm. because <laughs> my personal uh, issues and feelings, we, we wrote, J- Jane is very much like so many qualities of her are, are true of me. And, and when we first started shooting that scene and I was, delivering that monologue, I got so emotional in it that that it it wasn't good acting. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it was like a... theatrical masturbation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Clea came up to me. I she was such an incredible director and so supportive. And she was like, you okay? <laughs> I was like, I I think I'm working through something that I didn't I didn't know I was going to be working through in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, with this speech, but, but I, you know, that is what's so uh, beautiful about Jane is that a lot of people did, did feel, um, uh, you know, seen in that experience mm-hmm. of being sort of the, the oddball in your family or somebody that your family doesn't understand or like sort of yeah. dismisses. And um, a, a lot of people have that experience. So it was cool to get to give that character a moment where she does take up space. And I thought it was beautiful in the film because, you know, the film um, is a queer led um, Mm rom-com and an honest to God rom-com and with queer uh, characters at the center of it. Queer centered. That's the word I was looking for earlier. (laughs) Queer led, queer centered, queer centric. Um, But it was nice to see this parallel. Um, there's the parallel between the two other sisters mm-hmm. who aren't queer, but have their own things, like their own ways into understanding the queer sister. Who's, yeah. Um, and I, again, I can't spoil it for people, but it's always nice when you get to see parallels because I think it invites a lot more people in. I love To that. understand yeah. how how it might feel. And, you know, you can't synthesize it, but you can you can find the parallels in your life and someone else's life and find more compassion and empathy when you realize that we all, you know, trauma is relative. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, and self-acceptance is a universal journey. Like that is, mm-hmm. it, it takes different forms for for different people. But, um, but yeah, I really love that, that there's a, it it allow it opens the door for a greater understanding of someone's experience. Um, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> um, and I have to remark on um, the uh, the premiere party that <gasps> took place. Wasn't that? Uh, yes. That, that was a magical night. Oh. Um, it took place on the roof of a parking garage. At the Grove. A- I never <laughs> in a million years did I think. And when we pulled up there, sorry, my cat's running in front of the computer. When we pulled up there, I was like, the rooftop of the Grove, I have arrived. I have made it. I never thought I would be at a movie premiere on this. It was so cool. It was a drive-in. Really fun. It was a really fun night, and it was also, (laughs) we're in this parking lot for a drive-in movie, which was just, like, cool in itself, and then to also have the red carpet moment, and then also to just, like, watch people from 20 feet away take off their mask for a second, and then realize it's some celebrity. (laughs) There was a moment where, there was a moment where a masked person got out of a car behind us, uh-huh. teeny tiny little person, giant mop of red hair piled on top oh, of her head. Oh, I think I know you're and I, ta- I take a chance and I go, is that Natasha Leone? <laughs> Takes off her mask and she goes, hey, Jinx, oh, I thought you were going to be here. Hi, hello. <laughs> God, what a force. You, I feel like I could, I can sense her presence. <laughs> she... she it's it, you know again, you don't even have to see her and you can feel her in a room waves of energy. <laughs> it's true, it's true. No mask can hide that. No mask. And you were wearing um, my favorite dress of the evening, a what? floor really? length. That's it really so nice. was. It was like a floor length white gown with some um, with some. Norwegian uh, yeah. <laughs> midsummer vibes to it. <laughs> yes, totally. Yes, it had some some blue detailing. Um, oh, that means so much. I loved that dress. Oh, boy, did I love it. And boy, did I, I barely was – I couldn't really <laughs> sit down in it. I had to mm-hmm. – um, it was a bit – you know, a bit tight uh, yeah. <laughs> when I sat, but, but, ugh, yeah, loved it. It was, that was such a fun carpet. And there was a Christmas tree and presents. And you, you were dressed as a present. You were just a gift oh, to us all. Yeah, Dayla. Your mask and I, was a bow, right? <laughs> no, that was Dayla's. That was Dayla's. I'll take the credit. No, um, Dayla <laughs> and I, um, I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was actually wearing um, an outfit that was a uh, a remake, uh, a reproduction of what Adele wore on Saturday Night Live when she hosted. Oh, wow. <laughs> the secret to my fashion is almost everything I wear is a reproduction of something I saw either <laughs> like one of my idols wearing or something from a movie or something from a video game. Almost nothing I wear is original. But <laughs> I, no, but I, I would almost... say that is original. You you take <laughs> you take the nugget, the seed, and then you make it your own. You do yeah, your I, a jinx I, spin I did, on it. I did choose to have the top made in red instead of black. So yeah, basically so, I'm a fashion icon. So <laughs> um I would say so. I would say so. <laughs> um but yeah, I I, I think uh, Happiest Season was such a lovely project to get to work on and um, just watching it be, you know, a, 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 oh my gosh, what's that, that tired saying everyone says that it was a, it was a, a, a product of love. It was a passion project. No, yes. that's not the one. It was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a. Yeah, it was made with love as product of love. I mean, all all those things are true. A labor of love. That's That's it. it. Okay. (laughs) When in doubt, alliterate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it really was. um, A quick search of your IMDb tells (laughs) me that your first um, acting role, you were one year old. Is that true? That's not true. I don't know how that got on there. I don't know who that is. But someone else has asked me about that too. And I, I want, double check this. I want to say I think that's a different Mary Holland because <laughs> I uh, have no memory of it. You were one year old on the UK comedy show The Little and Large Show. No. <laughs> I'm glad you gave it plenty of thought. <laughs> I mean, I had to go back through my extensive, you know, uh, mental re- 
memory bank, but absolutely not. That was not me. <laughs> okay, let's see if this is true. Okay, great. <laughs> you received your Bachelor of Fine Arts from Northern Illinois University. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so you are you are a, a college trained actor. So that means at some point, um, uh, well, I'm guessing your BFA is in is in yes. acting. Yes. Yes. Okay. At some point, you had to decide this is what I want to do with my life enough that you went to school for it. Um, yeah. When, when in life did you feel like you wanted to be an actor by trade? I don't remember not feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I, as a, as a, I was a very performative child. I, <laughs> any chance I could get to steal focus, I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> I disrupted <laughs> classrooms. I, I did, I did whatever it took to get eyes on me <laughs> And then eventually, and that sort of evolved to get to getting laughs. Like I, mm-hmm. I did whatever I could, um, and knew I wanted to be a, an actor, but so early on. Um, and then I, I grew up in a very small town in Virginia, and it wasn't clear. It wasn't clear to me how one goes about pursuing that career. Um, but there was there was a girl from my hometown who uh years before or she was a, she was a bit older than me and she went to Juilliard and i was like mm-hmm. that's how you do it mm-hmm. you, you got to go to Juilliard <laughs> and so i asked her like how did you prepare like what what was the this path for you and and she told me about this school in Michigan that's like a, a fine arts boarding school high school mm-hmm. and she was like i did my senior year here and then they then I auditioned for Juilliard, and then that's how it happened. And I was like, I got to go to that school. I got That's mm-hmm. the only way I'm going to get to do this. Um, so I auditioned for that school. I didn't get in. And I was crushed because I, I really – now, of course, I have a greater understanding <laughs> that, that – <laughs> No, now you go back to that school <laughs> and stand outside there with a printout of your IMDb and you and go, that's right. you fuckers. <laughs> well, they did, so I didn't get in, and I was devastated because I thought – I was like – that's the only way I know how to do this. There's mm-hmm. no other path. And the, anybody who has pursued this this career path, or I feel like any artistic career path, you know that there's absolutely one million billion different roads to get to whatever goal that you have. Like there's no one yeah. path. And if one thing doesn't work out, it doesn't mean the end of anything. Um, but at the time, I really thought that. And then – I got in off the wait list. <laughs> so I did end up going to that school. I, I went there for my last two years of high but school. But only after you went through the emotional yes. devastation of... <laughs> and I remember only after that. And I remember that that night that I found out I didn't get in, I, I cried and cried and I watched First Wives Club. <laughs> That's good. Did you feel empowered afterward? I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, it's a great movie. I um I will say I also uh have a BFA. Oh, you do? Theater. Yes. Oh, in theater. <laughs> Emphasis in um musical performance. Oh, wow. I went to Cornish College and it was really um I think I I mean I can relate to so much stuff you said just like I always knew I wanted to be an actor. I yeah. think it's kind of in reflection. I think it's um, the best benefit I had. I've had in life is knowing what I wanted to do, basically my whole life. Because um, I think my <laughs> um, one of my brothers is always complaining, like you don't know how hard it was not knowing what I wanted to do until recently. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I like. Was ba- I almost didn't pursue acting because I almost talked myself out of it just because I was like, this is going to be hard. You right. know, this is going to be harder to do. But then at the last minute, someone, um, a friend of mine in high school had already paid for his application and then decided he didn't want to go to Cornish. So just let me have a slot. So I filled out my Whoa. application and just went up and um, auditioned. And where is Cornish? It's in Seattle. Oh, and okay. I really liked this because I was really scared. When you grow up in Portland, 
Um, you don't really realize what a bubble you're in until you start leaving Portland. And then mm. you're like, oh, no, I'm being called back to the to the motherland. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a lot like Rumspringa. Ninety percent of Portlanders wind up back here. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, it's got it's a it's a great place. I totally understand why you ended up back there. Yeah. I, I always knew I would someday, but yeah, I, I would say the two best things that um, theater school taught me was I think I went in to theater school with the goal of becoming a famous actor. And mm. I left theater school with the, um, with the goal of being an effective actor oh, <laughs> where geez, fame that's... stopped being the, the yes. motivating factor. That's huge. <laughs> that's huge. I love talking about theater school and what what we've gleaned from it and especially as you as you like become a professional performer professional actor the lessons you learn in that because theater school is also such a bubble like it's mm-hmm. it's such a contained <laughs> um and has its own sort of did you all do like production like a spring musical every year and or yeah you you didn't start doing the big productions until um sophomore and senior year right but, i mean sorry junior and senior year sophomore year you have to work um the production side of right. the big the big productions so i was a stage manager my sophomore year um, oh, did you enjoy that i did I did. Yeah. No, I mean, I loved I definitely came out of it for a greater appreciation of what but also I Which came out great. of it knowing what um, having done the job, knowing like which stage managers in life were just kind of a, some stage managers are just as addicted to drama as as the actors are. <laughs> yes. And also because as a stage manager, you're you're um in con- you're responsible for so many aspects of a production coming together and happening. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to enjoy being in that sort of position of control and yeah. uh, authority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely think um, I- I've worked with some stage managers that had, you know, they had prepared their own monologues that morning. <laughs> for- <laughs> um Another thing I really relate to about um, your story is finding ways to steal focus and have all eyes on you, mm. which I literally before um, before hopping on this Zoom call, my housemate was saying, I'm really confused by something lately. Nowadays, you're so introverted and you're such a hermit. But when we knew each other as teenagers, you were like the most outgoing person in my life. Mm. And I'm like, well, that was a persona I played so that I could handle being around people and now and now Completely. because of the quarantine i feel like i've really receded back into my introverted yes um, way of being oh i um, so relate to that jinx yeah very much so i would you I, say you have like a public persona and a private persona i i would yes and i think i think especially when i was younger oh my gosh the 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 um I was so I was outputting energy constantly, <laughs> and I think probably to an annoying degree to to my friends and the people around me because it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't a grounded energy. It was like <laughs> it was like this person is desperate to <laughs> make friends, be funny, feel like they belong, like ha- like. It, I feel like my insecurities were so bald, <laughs> were yeah. so like out there in those moments. But but I was like being goofy, and I would like fake fall all the time, and I would do all this all this stuff to like <laughs> get oh, me. constantly. And I would like I would do a bit where I'd pretend to sneeze and then um and like fall backwards or something. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. But but my close my close friends at that time in my life like would were tolerant <laughs> of me yeah. when i was around a bunch of people and would sort of turn up and then mm-hmm. and then but i gradually i feel like this as i grew up this this part of me started to 
get more and more comfortable. Whereas like, oh, I can also be, it's okay to be quiet. And that's what mm-hmm. my, um, like, I definitely need alone time to sort of recharge. And uh, yeah. I, I totally feel like I'm an introvert. And so understanding that that's okay. You can be introverted and still be a social funny person. Like you, it's not one or the yeah. other. And you, you have to like, it, it's okay to protect your energy a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's okay to shift, shift who you are for different groups, shift who you are in different situations. It's all just coping mechanisms, really. You Con- know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, and I was saying to my housemate, well, you know, now I have jinx to put all of that energy to. And yeah. it's kind of like that's my designated time to be extroverted and do anything I can to steal the focus. But also, I'm just tired. That's exhausting to keep that up for a lifetime. It's so exhausting. <laughs> it is. It, it, it. And I, I think it's important to... um. Be, I mean, our jobs are so social. They, they're just very mm-hmm. inherently very social. Like you're you're on set or you're on you're doing a, a show, a, a play, or you're just around a bunch of people for very long hours. And so you're it's just an inherently very social job. But to to be able to carve out a a space where you can like where you can retreat. Like I, I had the same mm-hmm. experience with this pandemic where I was like, Oh, we're not leaving our house. Oh my God. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think mine definitely came out of some desperation. I think it was very much a fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, like if anyone who knew me back then knew the amount of anxieties and insecurities I was riddled with and that this seemingly boisterous person was really just, um, you know, scared of being found out for being a, (laughs) an introverted weirdo. Yeah. Um, But it was just so funny with my housemate today, who's known me since I was like 16, just being like, wait a second, didn't you used to be outgoing? And I'm like, I'm still outgoing. And they're like, uh, I don't know. I, I the, the pandemic is kind of shifting and you are still in full-blown hermit mode. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, listen, this is actually my natural state. I was just hiding it for about 27 years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I really relate to that. And, and, all, and that idea of like, I think also when you're, when you are a performer and I'd be curious if um a, a lot of, uh, performers or artistic people feel this way where you're like you're so tuned in to your environment and the and then the like the needs I guess is the right word but the the (laughs) sort of vibe of something you're so like Mm -hmm. aware of it that you match it or you try Mm -hmm. to you know to speak to your point of like shifting your um energy and uh the how you behave in different groups with different people yeah it's it um and it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. I think I'm probably most introverted around my family because really? my family is where I learned the persona of my extroverted self. Into- oh, interesting. <laughs> I was raised by many women and um you know, it was like my mom, my aunt, and my grandma growing up and then also my uncle, occasionally my grandfather, but it was mostly these really large feminine personalities. Yeah. And when they get together, it's like people know me for my cackle. They have no idea the environment <laughs> I was raised in. Like the the sound of the laughter reverberating off the walls and ceilings. You know? Oh, that like sounds wonderful. The paint on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But to shift to shift our conversation oh, a little sure. bit, I want sure sure <laughs> sure. I could just I could just talk about my my idiosyncrasies for hours. Um, I want to talk about with so much so many different roles under your belt and so many appearances and um, so many different shows. I have to imagine um, there were also lots of moments of not getting the role. Um, getting a role that then fell through or something got pulled. Um, 
I don't know if you've been watching the show, the other two, but it's like, oh, it's I amazing. Love that show. It is so good. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how much I can relate to it, even though it's so different from my own experience. But yeah, <laughs> um, I, I did in my notes here, I um, have something about you having worked on a show with Carol Burnett. Yes. That ended up not happening. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I Carol can. Carol Burnett is one of my goddesses I worship. She, you know, she's, she's someone I pay pay tribute to for <laughs> as the comedy gods. Same. Um, I'd love to hear about working with her. Oh, my God. I, I can't. Uh, I'm thrilled to tell you that she, it, everything that you dream of her being, she is. Mm-hmm. And, and more. Like, that that show it was a pilot for ABC called Household Name and the the premise of it it was so funny the script was so funny it was uh the premise of it was that she she was like uh, a a movie star uh, along the lines of a Norma Desmond type who mm-hmm. um ran into some financial trouble and needed to sell her house but there there is a, a thing that that um happens sometimes in real estate with um older people when they're looking to downsize or are um you know no longer need a, a giant house that they had once raised a family in they will put a caveat into when they put their house up for sale they'll say you know, yes, you here's you could buy the house for this much. However, you have to let me live in this house until I die. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a real thing that happens. And so that mm-hmm. was the premise of this was that she was like, okay, well, I'll get to still live in my house and I'll, you know, I guess I'll have to share it with this family, but but um I'll get to stay here. And so so you sort of become we became I was a member of this family that was moving in and we became roommates with her and she mm-hmm. was uh the <laughs> my husband he was a huge fan of hers and it was like his idea to do all this and i was the more like i don't know this who is this <laughs> and you know uh <laughs> but we it, it was a multicam so that that is as close to like a getting to do like a live theater mm-hmm. uh with film and tv as you can get and um th- uh, we had all these rehearsals and Carol, the physical comedy. I mean, of <laughs> course, you, we all know it and have loved it of hers for decades. But to get to see it in person and to get to see it with this woman who, who, she, she, I believe she was like over eighty when we shot this pilot, oh. and she was extraordinary. <laughs> I she. Uh, the the level of um professionalism and uh creativity and energy she was so committed it was like it was just it felt like being in the sun being in her presence she <laughs> and and watching her do what she does which she yeah. is such a genius at yeah i was devastated that that didn't end up going cuz i i really thought that Get, Carol's return to television is such a huge mm-hmm. would have been a, and she did you know has returned in all these other ways but with this show I was like oh this is we gotta make this this is so great <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it just didn't didn't work out but um well I have to say I mean Carol is uh Carol Burnett seems like you know one of the living embodiments of what it meant to be a television entertainer and totally. kind of like the golden era of network TV when every star of every show had to be able to sing and to dance and be able to like yeah. you know in the middle of their sitcom do a big musical number yes yes right <laughs> and she um, was all of those things yeah uh so i'm i'm personally jealous but also very happy for you <laughs> that you worked with Carol have you yeah. um, have you developed any tricks for when something like that happens when when you're excited mm-hmm. for a project and for whatever reason it doesn't pan out um, what's your go-to like uh, way of healing from those moments none <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> None. There, I have no tools in place. Um, it it is a it's crushing every time. It's a heartbreak, yeah. and it's uh, it's like that moment, um, that first wives' club moment all over again, where I'm like, well, that's it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's it 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 always hurts. It never doesn't hurt, but mm-hmm. I think. I think the thing that has changed over the years that I that I guess is something that you there's a a resilience that builds I guess where you just kind of you've you've been in that place I mean I eight years auditioned for things never got anything not a single thing for for eight more than eight years and uh, I hear no much more often than I've mm-hmm. ever hear a yes or a maybe or a we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think you, what happened with me was there's, there comes a sort of, you just accept that, okay, I'm, I'm here again. I've been here before. I will be here mm-hmm. again. It's not permanent. I I will lift out of this I don't know how yet, but it's going to, something will come along. This didn't work out for whatever reason, but I've been here before. I'll be here again and it's okay. And so I think there, there's just yeah. an acceptance of like this, I, my heart is just going to break. Yeah. Oh, Mary, I wish I could reach through the Zoom call and cradle your head. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know it, it, the it never stops being tough because it because you are the product like that's the thing is yeah. you're not you that's it's it's you gonna... it's like your yourself that you're putting yeah. out there and so i don't know how you don't get heartbroken yeah i think one of my one of my mantras i've um told myself you know cuz I've gone for quite a few roles myself, <laughs> especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. As I've been really, you know, like working at making that transition from, you know, reality TV based drag queen to, um, hey, look at me. I'm uh, I can act, too. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, and I'll never leave drag like drag's my passion. But I definitely, you know, want to uh, get a little bit more of a footing in um, the acting world at large. Totally. You know, just open up, open up what I can do. Lots of rejection comes from it, especially, I think, um, when there's like a cattle call for we need a drag queen to play this role. It could be any drag queen. Give me a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, right. I've begun to just tell myself this was just a bad day at work and everyone's mm-hmm. got to have bad days at work. Um, yeah. But it does feel it, it feels more intense because it feels like my bad day at work involves me being told. I'm not good enough. But then if I look at like when I've had like a bad day at work at like a at that health food cafe I worked at, I took it personally then too. Yeah. You know, when they told me I made a sandwich wrong. <laughs> you know? I took I'm it like... personally when I, when a, a, a squire told me that the picture I was trying to sell him wasn't wasn't framed properly. I, I get it. Yeah. You, you give I, you just give a lot of yourself. To everything mm-hmm. you do, and especially as and a performer, like uh, you, we're that's the our whole job is to wear our heart on our sleeve and be affected, and like, you know. You know, I think rejection is part of is a hazard of the trade. Um, it's that it moment is. in the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous oh. when um, Denise Richards is polishing her guns and she just goes, well, hunting's dangerous. <laughs> exactly. So, someone's been killed and she says, well, hunting's, hunting's dangerous. dangerous. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> well, I, it's just always a pleasure every time um, I'm watching a show or revisiting a show. And next thing I know, Mary Holland's on my screen. And then I text you in a in a frantic buzz. <laughs> thank you, James. Um, thank you so much for being my guest. Before I let you go, I have some my my, my compulsory questions that oh, I great. ask every guest. You may answer them however okay, you great. feel. 
Um, Question the first. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush today? Uh, today, yesterday, always, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? What is it about I Tommy Lee that pulls you love in? love <laughs> his face. I think he has the most incredible face. He's so charming. He's he's such a uh, an amazing actor, but he has a real gravitas to him that I am so drawn to. <laughs> and I, I have been f- since I was twelve or something. That's when I first like spotted him in The Fugitive and was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to steal that face for future <laughs> Who is that? And it, to this day, I, I, ugh, it's my crush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, um, I'm going to say, um, oh my gosh. I don't know. I'll just go with a standby. Okay. <laughs> and say, um, so he's actually a friend of mine, but I'm very, I'm very upfront with him <laughs> that I've always had a crush on him because of his character on Modern oh! Family. But um, it's it's Reed Ewing who plays. Um, <laughs> I've been binge watching Modern <laughs> Family. I I have to tell you, I found out that people with anxiety have a tendency to rewatch shows because they already know what's coming, so they find it calming to watch something where they already know how it yes, ends. And yes, yes, yeah, know I get that. Yeah. And turns. Um, so what I should have done is looked at that study and looked at that like statistic and said, oh, that's something about me I could probably work on. <laughs> but instead I used it as no one can tell me now that I'm weird for doing this. I don't care if it's the fifth time I've, I'm oh, watching The Office. Oh, my God. This this article says I exactly. have to because of anxiety. This is how I'm <laughs> self-caring right now. I Yes, yes, yes. Totally. Okay, so that's... So I'm always going... Redoing. Redoing a, a stoner slacker boyfriend. But, you know, now that I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, uh, the actor who plays Lance on the other two is so hot. I'm going to look him up right now. Uh, the other two cast. His name is Josh Segarra. Segarra. He's super hot, too. Super hot. Um, and I love... I just love the kind of, like, optimistic... I love the optimistic dum-dum yeah. in the show. That's always my, that's God, my favorite God, me archetype. too. That's a, God, yeah. <laughs> love them. Um, my second question for you is, are you spiritual? Yum. Yum. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any... Daily rituals that you perform. For oh your gosh, own self. no, no. But I do. <laughs> I do really. I I very much feel plugged into a magic. There's. A, I do feel yeah. there's a magic element to this plane somehow. Um, I have crystals. <laughs> I've done. I I get tarot readings. I do. I've done, I have done rituals in the past where I've like written down intentions and then burned them at the full moon. Um, and uh, who I mean, hasn't? Who hasn't? <laughs> I've gotten my astrological charts done. I, I do feel there's, um, there's a magic somewhere, but. How else do you explain serendipity and, and deja vu? Deja vu to me feels like one of the, um, one of the most like persistent moments of yeah. magic in our life. And it, it's that moment of like, you feel like, okay, I've been here before. I've done this before. Yes. I've seen this image before, this vignette before. And then your brain starts to try to work out like, did it happen before? Did I dream it? Is this a premonition yeah. coming true? Is, is, is there a glitch in the matrix? Just the way it gets my brain thinking when I have deja vu to me is is a little moment of magic in the day but a scary one it's kind of a oh scary yeah it's a scary because there's so much unknown. oh yeah and, and not yeah not a clear answer to that but i agree like that that moment of i've been here before i also feel like intuition is such proof of magic mm-hmm. like you getting a bad feeling about something that's magic don't you think yeah absolutely 
Because there's got to be, it's either that there was something in the air or there's something about you or it was just being open to trusting yes. your instincts. It's it's both magic and then also, I think, you know, a visceral element that ties us to the fact that we live on a, we live on a living, breathing yes. rock and, and we are... We are animals. Uh, totally. <laughs> yes, it's both like our, us at our most primal, but then also us at our most elevated, where we're like, we're picking up yeah. on energy. There's nothing physical maybe that's that's evidence that we're in danger, but it it, it is like a, a, a simultaneous like primal and spiritual thing. Yeah. Because then you like look at it later, you look at it in retrospect and you're like, oh, probably something triggered this part of my brain, which created yes. this hormone, which sent this response to this part of my body. And so in the moment, it feels like, you know, like magic intuition. And then there's also probably a science yeah. to it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and both things yes, can be true. Yes, I love that. Both or things can be true. One thing feeds the other. Yeah. It's been my it's been my go to um uh catchphrase lately is two things can be true and sometimes more <laughs> when my <laughs> and sometimes more when my housemates are like did you just fall asleep on the couch or were you intentionally not doing the dishes you know what <laughs> two things can be true um <laughs> and my final question for you is what is your go to karaoke oh, song Jolene by Dolly Parton okay I love That's it That's a good one I love That's it. It's a real good one. I love it. I love the scene of it. I love the idea. Mm-hmm. The uh, like, I sort of visualize whenever I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, I've decided to meet this woman at a bar. This like incredibly <laughs> striking, stunning woman, and I'm I'm begging her, I'm begging her, not to, because she could have my man <laughs> and i'm begging her in, in an, an instant. instant and the the like oh it's just so moving to me this idea of like look i just want to have a conversation with you please don't take him please it's so heartbreaking and i love playing the emotion I, of it <laughs> i hope to witness this this three act play of you doing <laughs> jolene at karaoke someday that's my <laughs> That's my next goal for okay. us. Okay. Uh, well, gosh, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll get right on it. Make it happen. <laughs> um, before I let you go and get back to your busy actressing <laughs> schedule, um, do you have anything to promote? Uh, <clears throat> do you have anything to promote mm. or anything you want our listeners to well, know Well, yeah, as the holiday season approaches, please watch Happiest Season. I, that's a, it's, I can't believe we're already... <laughs> Almost in Halloween time, and before you know it, Thanksgiving. Before, before you, know you know it, it Christmas, <laughs> Hanukkah. Yeah, it's all coming. Um, it's around the corner. It's so, it's so great that um, you know. Uh, I think we have more queer representation during um, the holidays mm-hmm. now than ever before and you know we have movies waiting for us on hulu for us to watch Uh, (laughs) and if you need something uh as like a placeholder between them i highly recommend um the casey musgraves um in the fact that it is a beautifully produced program that also is completely baffling <laughs> those are the best kind and that's no shade to that's no shade to anyone who worked on the project it is kind of magic if there is not an air of if there's not an element of just head scratching befuddlement um as part of your christmas special <laughs> no 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 that's a requirement you need to have that 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 part in there i mean i remember wasn't was it bill murray he did a, a Christmas special or it, sure. and it was weird. I, I, mean, I wonder if I'm misremembering who did it, that. I feel like it's kind of like a rite of passage for, uh, for yes. many performers to do a, to do a Christmas special. And for, for it, it's always that wonderful mix of like, this is scripted, but we're going to make it seem like you're just at home with us. And we're like, it's this so all the time. funny. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, on that note, Please watch. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously a fan of Jinx, but you gotta watch Jinx and Ben Nolacrem's special. 
they're great companions. They really pieces. are. <laughs> you get you get um uh queer holidays in reality and queer holidays in a drag queen yes, fever dream. The best. Uh, <laughs> the best. <laughs> so we got your winter covered. You're just gonna watch these two movies back and, back forth, and forth on a loop. And that's forever. that's how you're gonna cope with your anxiety. <laughs> just like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, thank Mary you, Holland. Jinx. And Thank you all so much for listening to Hijinks here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hijinks on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at The Jinx on Instagram or Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. Where can they follow me? They can you, follow me at Mary Hollandaise on Instagram and <laughs> on Twitter. And I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say I love the handle Do you? Mary Hollandaise because it, I don't even eat <laughs> eggs, but every time um, you pop up in my feed, I want I want a Benedict you want of some brunch. sort, an eggless and that's Benedict. That's my goal. That's my brand is brunch, and so the more I can brunch. get that energy out there, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more hijinks. Forever. To listen to hijinks ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Hijinks five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hijinks is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, produced by Big Dipper, editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.